everybody to a very special edition of the Wrestling Wars podcast. Today we are going to cover uh, retrospective on late great, very sadly and uh, way too early taken from us, American Dream Dusty Rhodes. Uh, there are plenty of people out there who uh, could and have done much better justice to uh, this individual than, than I can hope to. I just... Uh, Hope I can, hope I can do the best from uh, my perspective, from you know people who enjoy listening to me. Um, uh, gosh, where do you start? I mean, it was really hard when compiling my notes to uh, even come up with what I could say, what I could, uh, you know, someone like me could possibly do to do justice to the legacy of somebody like uh, Dusty Rhodes. And uh, I honestly can say that it's like. 
it just still doesn't even feel real. Like it was just, uh, you know, I, I follow him on Twitter, and just just a couple days ago, he was cracking jokes with somebody, and uh, I was showing my wife uh, pictures of him teaching Finn Balor how to drive, and um, just, uh, and then he's just gone. It's just uh, unbelievable. Um, kind of turned into, you know, sort of a figure in the background. That's you know, a a funny old kindly old grandpa kind of figure. That you just don't ever envision, you know, not being around. And uh, I can honestly say this has been uh, the toughest, one of the toughest uh, wrestling deaths that I've uh, experienced since I've been a fan, since about 1990. Um, uh, I'll do my best to uh, hold it all together. That's one of the reasons that this has actually taken me a little bit of time to uh, actually put this podcast together and uh, go through with it, just because I could, could hardly, I could hardly deal with a, uh, watching those those commemorative uh videos and um you know just thinking about the whole situation I couldn't couldn't even do a professional job of a podcast uh at that time you know emotions wise but do my best to uh hold it down here and uh, get through it the best I can and hopefully just I mean you know give you guys from my perspective I'm not saying this is in any way uh, any sort of a definitive look back on Dusty Rhodes but it's the best job that I can do and from uh from my perspective, uh, what he, you know, gave to me, basically, as a fan. Um, I first started watching wrestling in, uh, the night, um, you know, around 1990. Not regularly until probably about 93, but, um, I was aware of wrestling and liked watching Saturday night's main event and, um, Saturday morning superstars and things like that, and and as far as back as 1990, when I was a little kid, some of my first memories is, uh, laying down in front of the TV, the old big wooden uh, box top TV at my grandparents' house, and uh, uh, and Dusty Rhodes was one of my favorite guys um, when I was a little kid. And what is crazy about that is a uh, a lot of people look back on that period of his career, um, which is you know the 1990s, uh, late 80s, um, with the polka dots with WWE, and you know everybody makes fun of that. And oh, that was a rib on Dusty, and you know, all that was supposed to be this big funny thing, and um, Vince was doing it to purposely humiliate him and all that stuff. And um, it just it just strikes me as ironic, as, as funny, because um, to me as a little kid, obviously I didn't know Dusty Rhodes' history, but just from from not knowing anything to be directly introduced to the character. Um, even polka dots and dancing and all. I mean, as a little kid, I still knew that Dusty Rose was a fucking badass. I mean, um, you know, he could have all the polka dots and all the funny dancing and all the everything that he wants. But uh, I knew when he came out there and that music hit, I knew the crowd would shit a fucking brick, and he was ready. To, and he kicked some ass whenever he got in the ring. And um, I know he, you know, knocked people out with the big bionic elbow, and he was easily one of my favorite guys when I was little. Um, so, for people to say, you know, that was, that was, uh, some sort of, it was like, you know, kind of a joke of his career, I mean, even, so even that part of it was still, I mean, he was still more over and above all the other guys, and that just shows, you know, part of how, how good Dusty Rhodes is, and even in a part where people would, would, would mock that part of his career, he was still so great, and to somebody who didn't know any better, you know, he could make any, he could get over with anybody. Um, I'll go through uh, everything I'll talk about on the show tonight. You can uh, pretty much find on the network, so I would encourage you. 
And this is, like I said, this is in no way definitive because I wasn't even alive for his his big time stuff uh, in the mid '80s. But um, you can go check out the stuff that I'm going to talk about and uh, just just sharing some of that. Um, and that's what this is all about, you know, just just sharing the the, the joy and the entertainment that Dusty Rose is able to give to everybody. Uh, the uh, first one I'll highlight is um, SummerSlam 1989, and this is a good example of, you know, if you didn't have any jaded perspective of it, of what he did in WCW and NWA, um, how fucking awesome Dusty Rhodes' The Dream was. Because uh, SummerSlam 1989, he's in a feud with the Honky Tonk Man. Um, they, you know, it's a really basic old school feud. Boy, that music hits. And that place just fucking blows up. I mean, it's just pure adrenaline and excitement from the second he comes through through the curtain. And, uh, they have a pretty basic old school match, but even in the fact that it's basic and they don't, you know, do a bunch of fucking flips and, uh, blades and kick out of 15 fucking finishers, it's still a really fun, entertaining match. And Dusty Rose is still very fun and entertaining in the match. Um, hitting people with bionic elbows, it has a, you know, a solid, funny finish, um, it was just, re- just real entertaining, good, a good watch, um, next up, uh, this will be, uh, Survivor Series 1989, where Dusty Rhodes leads his dream team, um, but this is back when the Survivor Series used to have a bunch of badass names for all the teams, and, uh, Dusty Rhodes' team was called the Dream Team, of course, um, they beat the heels, and I believe this is the show where uh, the big boss man jumps him after the match is all said and done, and uh, whoops on him with a nightstick, and um, that would lead to a short, uh, mostly house show feud um, between the boss man and Dusty Rhodes. I believe one of their matches got onto a got onto a Saturday night's main event. Um, but what I really remember about the, because another thing about when I was little and I started to really watch wrestling, which is about '93, um, I was still smart enough even as a kid to, because uh, then I got into the wrestling and I saw all the other videos that were on the video shelf at the store, and um, I, I was smart enough even still then to, um, I would flip it over and look at the back of the box, and at some part in the credits down at the back of the box, you could see the copyright year. And that's how you would know what order to put them in. Because, obviously, if copyright 1989, that show is from 1989, it goes before shows that are in 1990. So, that's how I became aware of all this stuff after I became a regular viewer. I went back and watched everything in order that I could find. And so, that's how we get Survivor Series 1989. The Dream Team wins. He gets a beatdown, and they, they, of course, have this promo afterwards with the boss man and Slick. And, you know, it was, you know, how could you do that to Dusty Rhodes? And uh, Slick jumps on there, and he says, Dusty, uh, something about we're coming back for you, and you're going to get the worst beating you ever got in your fat life. And to me, as a little kid, that was probably the funniest thing I had ever heard. I'll never forget, like, rewinding that and laughing so much at it, and, like, and and but also at the same time knowing like Dusty was gonna get his comeuppance for damn that slickster calling him fat that fucking asshole, um, and so th- that was another just just something that involved Dusty Rhodes that I knew was hilarious because Dusty was like such a such a badass character you know and such a, like a, a John Wayne type and somebody says that to him you're gonna get the worst beating of your fat life <laughs> that was just uh good times funny promo. Good match, once again, 
Dusty's music hits, and it's just a massive pop, and he's just so over, and everything he does in the match is so over. Um, so, definitely check that out. Move on to 1990. Um, WrestleMania 6 uh, was a was a was a big time, a huge crowd, one of the bigger crowds that they had at a WrestleMania besides WrestleMania 3. Um, so over 60,000 in the Sky Dome at Toronto. Obviously, the big draw of the night was uh, Warrior against Hogan for the title. Um, that's where that classic match occurred at. But also at the same time, uh, the Macho King Randy Savage. And uh, Queen Sensational Sherry um, had been an ongoing feud against the common man, uh, Dusty Rhodes, and the common lady, Sapphire. And uh, they have a mixed tag match on the card. Now, it's obviously not uh, the greatest thing ever in the world. And it's kind of a kind of a kind of a bullshit match just because it's a mixed tag and it's mostly shenanigans. And you had to know that. Dusty Rhodes and Macho Man probably could have, you know, put on a real, real hell of a match. Um, it was just left to them, but it's kind of a shit show. But it's more just the highlight of the fact that even with the polka dots, even with the, you know, the shenanigans, um, Dusty Rhodes was there, sixty thousand plus, uh, one of the main matches on the card. He was there, um, and so that just, just furthermore goes to show you uh, how great this guy was. Um, uh, another thing to, to check out after that would be uh, SummerSlam 1990, um, starting off his feud with the Million Dollar Man. Um, another really, really poignant, uh, another poignant feud. Um, all of these things are, have, you know, they, in the 1990 especially, um, because they, they have a, a underlying s- subtle point to them, you know, because it was the Macho King. He was royalty. He was the king of the WWE against the common man, Dusty Rhodes. Um, and then, obviously, the Million Dollar Man who buys off everybody. Uh, Dusty Rose says, you can't buy off, buy me off and I'll whoop your ass anyways. And this is also the show where he cuts a promo with a top hat that has a chicken leg on it. And it's awesome. Uh, what I just said is exactly what it was. And so, you'll just have to check it out to understand what I'm talking about. But um, that was the beginning of the feud with the Million Dollar Man, which uh, ended up in the ensuing feud having the debut of Dustin Rhodes. Uh, the natural, who we later on became to came to know as Goldust, um, in some pretty uh, some pretty heavy emotional uh, segments. You know, there's a segment where later on in the feud, in the lead up to uh, Survivor Series, I believe it was, um, where they yank uh, Dustin Rhodes over the rails. He was just sitting in the crowd cheering on his dad, and they they yank Dustin Rhodes over the rails and bloody him up, and um, you know, Dusty Rhodes gets probably one of his more shining moments in WWE where he, you know, gets to display a lot of emotion, a lot of the old school um, Dusty Rhodes stuff, a lot of his, the old school talent. Um, moving on, which he did from WWE in the late 1990 and uh, early 91 um, to the next part of my childhood and my developmental years that Dusty Rhodes affected, and this one is probably more uh, uh heavy or important than the other ones is that to me one of the original voices of WCW to me as a young man was Dusty Rhodes on commentary and I defy you I mean you know besides 
besides the obvious old groups of like Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon is obviously the, the funniest team that there was but if you go back and and hear some of of Dusty Rhodes and Bobby Heenan going at it at the commentary table and Tony Schiavone in the middle of them just trying to get through sh- the show. It's some really funny stuff. And just, just Dusty Rhodes is just a mile a minute. And he just has a very... It's a very unique and very different way of doing commentary. And it's just so damn funny sometimes. And uh, so entertaining. And uh, just, you know, the kind of stuff that only Dusty could bring. Um, I highly encourage... If you can go back and uh, get get into some of the show, the pay per views from uh, '96 and '97, um, most the most the most of it is '96 uh, and '97. Um, Dusty Rhodes is doing a commentary on pretty much all the pay per views with Bobby Heenan, and uh, they're just that portion of it is really really fun to listen to and and to be a part of. Besides the fact that pretty much all the cards from WCW '96 and '97 were total bust ass great wrestling shows um and not only that but uh when WCW still maintained their time slot on TBS the old Saturday WCW Saturday night show um 605 Eastern still remember it um always will probably and um that was the show that um my grandparents didn't really hang and, and watch the shows very often on uh, like Monday nights um because they went on late, but you know, WCW Saturday Night was on in the afternoon actually, because I'm I'm from the West Coast of California, so or the West Coast of California, California is the West Coast of America, and so the shows would come on, you know, mid afternoon for us, and uh, uh, I just remember first Dusty Rhodes would always hype it up on the mothership, the mothership WCW Saturday Night, getting to the pay window and. Uh, it just brings back a lot of memories of uh, watching a very straightforward, um, old-fashioned wrestling show with my grandparents on the weekends, um, with Dusty Rhodes always there calling the action, uh, being into it. A um, lot of childhood memories, a lot of childhood memories with Dusty Rhodes calling the action. He was the voice of WCW to me. Um, moving on, I was in attendance for his second to last uh televised match um he he we worked a lot of indies and, and uh, things and uh, was in w c e c w a little bit here and there and worked a lot of independent shows but as far as big time t v matches his last two matches um the last one was in two thousand seven at the great american bash in a bull rope match against randy orton his second to last match was a Legends versus uh, douchebags, I guess, was the tagline. I know it wasn't it, but it was the Legends team against the Spirit Squad, um, and a Survivor Series match in 2006. And uh, this was in uh, Philadelphia, and that was actually my first wrestling show that I went to since uh, after moving out to the East Coast of America, um, and I remember telling everybody around me. If Dusty Rhodes' music hits and you don't stand up, I'm going to fucking slap you. I just <laughs> better show respect to this man. And that music hit, and I lost my fucking mind. And I just, I feel so fortunate just one time to have 
been able to be there for uh for you know a guy of that stature to hear that music and give him the the accolades that he so very richly deserved um I feel very fortunate to to have been able to do that uh and then moving on to the the later stages of his life uh ways that he's uh affected and given to me and to everybody is um he's been uh one of the forefront guys as far as developmental and training down in NXT um all of our favorite brands and one of the head creative guys down there in NXT as well Sasha Banks who is the hottest women's wrestler probably in wrestling right now any of us who have been watching NXT from day 1 remember the first time Sasha Banks showed up on the show she looked like a creator wrestler that nobody decided to keep on to keep on editing they just took the template female wrestler create a wrestler and just put her in the game that's what she looked like that's how she acted she was just kind of there and Dusty Rhodes helped her completely develop everything about what she is now and what she does now from a character and promo standpoint um he did the same thing for Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn said himself that he was uh, very, very worried about uh, cutting promos when he came to the WWE because he, you know, used to play a generic luchador uh, gimmick and hadn't really done a whole lot of promos before he gets to the WWE and uh, wasn't super confident in himself. And Dusty helped him find his voice and find his direction and has become one of the better promos on the NXT show. Um, when Sammy was trying to pick his name, he didn't he didn't know what he was going to go with, and he couldn't decide, and it's like one of the biggest decisions that you're ever going to have in your life. And he kind of puts some names in front of Dusty Rhodes and goes through it, and he says, well, what about this one? I like Sammy Zayn. I like this one. I like Sammy Zayn. And Dusty Rhodes steps back. This is a story that I read uh, that Sammy Zayn talked about. Um, Dusty Rhodes steps back and he looks. He kind of looks up in the sky and says, "Sammy Zayn, Sammy Zayn." Like he's like he's visualizing it up on a marquee. And he looks at Sammy and he says, "That's it right there, baby. You tell him the dream said we're going with Sammy Zayn." And now that's his name and that's the promos that he cuts. And so we have we have the dream to 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 thank for that. Um. And it's the same story with a lot of guys. Uh, Batista is one of the most um, famous famous uh, examples of it. Um, I've heard a lot of stories lately that Dusty Rhodes would be back there in the gorilla position and Batista would be getting ready to go and Dusty Rhodes would be uh, hollering at him, you know, getting him pumped up, giving him a pep talk. Like, you go out there and you show them who the fuck you are and this, that, and the other. And um, that guy, you know, multi-time world champion. Um, personally, he's the guy who personally recruited Stone Cold Steve Austin to WCW, gave him his first big break. Uh, so, you know, who knows how things work out or who how they go if Austin never gets to WCW, if he never gets his developmental time, if he never, you know, starts on that road and gets his first break. Who knows where he ends, you know, how things end up. So Dusty Rhodes is probably responsible for a lot more of all of you guys listening's uh childhood entertainment or memories more than you can figure out because honestly the more layers you peel back the more people you hear stories from 
Dusty Rhodes has mentored or had a hand in the creation or influence on a large, large majority of the wrestling industry as we know it today. Paul Heyman's another guy who says he, you know, learned, didn't learn anything. Dusty Rhodes taught him more than anybody else. There's nobody else that Paul Heyman learned more from than Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes allowed Heyman to uh, stick around when Heyman got stuck trying to, got caught trying to sneak into Dusty's production meeting. Um, and he helped uh, helped him along as well. So every, all of you out there who appreciate Paul Heyman, appreciate who Paul Heyman is, appreciate the promos. I got a story about the promos that Paul Heyman cuts in a moment. Um, appreciates everything in WCW from Paul Heyman's perspective as a promoter. All of that was heavily, heavily mentored and influenced by Dusty Rhodes. Paul Heyman tells a story that he cut this promo going into, I think it was one of the Starcades, and he talks about everybody's match, and he cuts this long promo, and he comes back to the curtain, and Dusty Rhodes says to him, uh, very good, you know, that was entertaining, you know, but what did you sell? Who did you sell that to? Who is buying a ticket now that wasn't before? And Heyman realizes that he didn't talk him into the building. That's what it's called, talking him into the building. And um, he didn't do any of that. And so Heyman, being the smart guy that he was, says, Well, let me please get under the, come under the Dusty Rhodes learning tree. And Dusty taught him how that works and the psychology of talking people into the building. So, for all of you who have been going on and on and on about these great promos that Paul Heyman has been cutting for the last year or so, you can thank Dusty Rhodes. Um, and of course, I haven't even covered Dusty Rhodes's real contributions to the wrestling business because I wasn't alive when they happened and I wasn't a fan, obviously, or watching when they happened. Little did I know until later on in life um, till I started getting, you know, really becoming a student of the game and researching things and walking, watching the documentaries and trying to find out whatever I could find out that Dusty Rhodes is one of the top baby faces of all time from his time down in the NWA in the 80s Dusty Rhodes had one of the greatest rivalries and one of the most um, captivating uh, heart wrenching uh feuds of all time with Ric Flair. Dusty Rhodes <coughs> represented the, the represented the plight of the blue collar work, blue collar worker, um, the common man against the rich flamboyant Ric Flair in a, a series of matches and years and gimmicks and wars and then which later included the four horsemen and um and it's some of the most prolific, most exemplary um, heel face dynamics of all time. Like if you were going to teach a class and people needed to know how a heel face dynamic is supposed to work and how captivating psychology is supposed to work, they will show you those feuds between Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair. Dusty Rhodes 
was one of the main driving forces behind the first Starcade and its creation, which was the first actual wrestling pay-per-view that preceded WrestleMania, even. Dusty Rhodes created the War Games, which is one of the most prolific, memorable events and gimmicks of wrestling of all time. We're not talking about just Dusty Rhodes was a great wrestler and he cut great promos and he was able to captivate people. Dusty Rhodes created whole portions of of the game, of of the industry that remain to this day. And you just really can't overestimate that. Um, and, you know, this is with all due respect to any other wrestlers who passed away, but you'll watch... You'll see a wrestler pass away and it'll be a big deal and we'll, we'll uh, you know, we lament it and we're sad about it and we... we you see a lot of it on WWE television and they talk it up and do retrospectives um when Dusty Rhodes passed away fucking ESPN was showing retrospective videos about Dusty Rhodes uh it was in major sporting publications Dusty Rhodes for the things that he did in the mid 80s and pretty much all the 80s and the late 70s even um, Dusty Rhodes is, is synonymous with pro wrestling to uh, the larger media market. I mean, he... It's... There's no way to overstate or properly even put into perspective what Dusty Rhodes was to his business. And, uh... It's just uh, really, really tough to, uh... to feel like so suddenly um... he's not there for us anymore. Uh... But for uh, the the what I can recommend for you to go back and look at and and to see to appreciate, I mean, um, pretty much all of the of the pay per view events in uh eighty four in the WCW. Once again, we're going back to a to network stuff. Um, eighty four, eighty five, eighty six, eighty eight, eighty nine, um, and through most of that, um, also. Dusty Rhodes is also booking a lot of this. Dusty Rhodes is the head creative. Well, not even the head creative, because back then they didn't have committees. They just had one guy who was the creative driving force behind um, the shows. So not only is Dusty Rhodes putting on bust-ass matches on all these pay-per-views, pretty much any pay-per-view that you can look up in the WCW uh, slash NWA from 84 through 89 is... is Dusty Rhodes also booking the whole show. Um, but he had his his major title matches with Ric Flair in um, 84 and 85. 85 was the blow-off to the big feud where he cuts the legendary uh, greatest babyface promo of all time, the Hard Times promo, um, which, you haven't, which if you haven't heard it, um, I'm hoping to be able to post it at the end of this podcast because you fucking need to hear it. Um, so go back and check those out. Check out the matches that I have uh, already uh, recommended to all of you. Um, the shows. I'll go through them all once again if you guys want to get out. Get out your pen and paper right now or your phone or whatever you take notes on. And uh, and uh, go check this stuff out. Um, 
SummerSlam 1989, Survivor Series 1989, WrestleMania 6, SummerSlam 1990, um, pay-per-views he did commentary in at WCW 96 and 97, and uh, pretty much every pay-per-view um, from 84 through 89 in the, the WCW. Uh, and I guess I hope you guys can just uh, check those out and uh, appreciate them for what they were and uh, it's just a shame that, that we gotta leave off we gotta talk about it in this way um, I feel like it's a real shame that uh, people couldn't people couldn't appreciate things more when they were around and uh, even though I was way into Dusty Rhodes' dream um, I find myself wishing I would have too. Uh, but once again, I uh, feel very fortunate and thankful that I got to see him live the one time I did. And uh, I just hope the stuff I've laid out there for you guys can, uh, can help you go enjoy it and enjoy him. And it's just a shame that we got to wait to wait to see him on uh wait to see him on up the road uh, to the next time we meet as he would say I uh, hope I've done a decent job of uh, putting into perspective um, what Dusty Rhodes was to me and what he should be to everyone at the very least um, thanks everybody for listening uh, we'll be back next week on a much higher note and uh dream I uh thank you for everything and uh I'll be thinking about you uh, all the time ladies and gentlemen you all know that Dusty Rhodes has been injured well we want to welcome back tonight Dusty Rhodes for his first interview since his injury here is the American dream Dusty Rhodes and Dusty your fans welcome you back man first of all I would like to thank the many, many fans throughout this country that wrote cards and letters to Dusty Rhodes, the American dream, while I was down. Secondly, I want to thank Jim Crockett Promotions for waiting and taking the time because I know how important it was. Starcade 85, it is to the wrestling fans, it is to Jim Crockett Promotions. And Dusty Rhodes, the American dream, with that weight, got what I wanted. Ric Flair, the world's heavyweight champion. I don't have to say a lot more about the way I feel about Ric Flair. No respect, no honor. There is no honor among these in the first place. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around this country are out of work. They got four or five kids and can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job 30 years. 30 years. They give him a watch, kick him in the butt and say, hey, a computer took your place, daddy. That's hard times. That's hard times. And Ric Flair, you put hard times on this country by taking Dusty Rhodes out. That's hard time. 
and we all had hard times together. I admit I don't look like the athlete of the day supposed to look. My belly is just a little big, my hand is just a little big, but brother, I am bad and they know I'm bad. And there were two bad people. One was John Wayne and he's dead, brother. And the other one's right here. Nature Boy Ric Flair. The world's heavyweight title belongs to these people. I'm going to reach out right now. I want you at home to know my hand is touching your hand for this gathering of the biggest body of people in this country, in this universe, all over the world now. Reach it out because the love that was given me and this time I will repay you now because I will be the next world's heavyweight champion on this hard time blues Dusty Rhodes Tour 85 and Ric Flair Nature Boy let me leave you with this one way to hurt Ric Flair is to take what he cherishes more than anything in the world. That's the world's heavyweight title. I'm gonna take it, I've been there twice. This time when I take it, daddy, I'm gonna take it for you. Let's gather for it. Don't let me down now, cause I came back for you, for that man up there that died 10, 12 years ago and never got the opportunity to see a real Wolf champion. And I'm proud of you and thank God I have you. And I love you. Love you! The American Dream, Dusty Rhodes fans.